0: Today on the pod, we got Jamie in the studio this week to talk about all the latest that's going on in the world of news. We also talk about the fire Festival, the party that never happened. And then we talk about Dick. Dick Cheney, that is. Keep it clean, people. Get your minds out of the gutter. And finally, we'll talk about the Netflix original, I.O. Let's go.
1: In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts... You have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk filmy to me.
0: Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, the film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. It has been cold for the last week in the UK. What well, I've seen that have you seen on the internet in Chicago people were boiling water? and throwing it out there. Yeah. Science, explain that.
1: It's the vortex, isn't it? So there's a, a real massive area of low pressure. And what's happening? It's so cold that... There's a phenomenon that was discovered by an African school child, actually, that hot water freezes quicker than cold water. Well,
0: fuck me, Jamie. You don't get that on your (laughs) must-remember-this-podcast, would you? Anyway, that leads me to my co-host for this pod. You may remember his voice. Uh, You may have heard his voice on BBC Radio. You may have heard his voice on this previous podcast. Uh, You may have heard him in your cupboard tidying out. But anyway, Jamie of BBC fame, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Not too bad, mate. I think I've probably realised why I haven't been on for a while, because I keep talking about weird stuff.
0: <laughs> no Jamie, you're here because when I need someone to get the deal done, <laughs> who if you need to release a bunch of water from a government that is withholding, I would call you.
1: Oh God, I don't even know where to go with that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, well let's not spoil that for you later. Anyway, how are you sir? I'm good mate, it's good to be
1: back actually, I've, I've missed a pod and I've missed uh, uh, sharing my vast experience and knowledge with the world
0: (laughs) (laughs) so modest as well so anyway speaking of modesty let's go into our first review what do you
1: say I want you to be my VP I want you you're my vice well George I uh I'm the CEO of a large company and I have been Secretary of Defence and I have been White House Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh However, if we came to a uh, different understanding, I can handle the more mundane
0: jobs. So, Adam McKay. The name rings so many bells in different people's minds. I instantly think of Anchorman of his off-blue comedy styles. Mm. Uh, He also has gone into more of a drama comedy direction about 18 months ago directed a film called The Big Short which was a massive ensemble cast it was very political satire it was about the housing market crash um, back in 08 anyway that kind of lighted his chops for moving into more of a political direction decided to do a film called Vice which is the biopic about uh, Dick Cheney on his route to White House but not just the route onto the White House kind of his his life really Mm. and uh, Christian Bale is the most notable uh, name on top of the page, because the guy transformed his body. We've uh, talked yeah. about this plenty of times. You wouldn't even recognize him, would you? No, like, it's, it's fucking scary how much he changed his body. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I've read some interesting things about this. So, like I, I said to you before, and uh, he gained 3.2 stone, that's 45 pounds. And for our European viewers, our oh, listeners, that's 20.4 kilograms he gained.
0: That's insane.
1: But he also did exercises to thicken his neck. What exercises do you do to thicken your neck?
0: I have no idea. <laughs> but but he goes balls deep when he goes into these sort of roles. Doesn't he just? I yeah. mean, oh yeah, the fact that his birthday is on the same day as Dick Cheney. Do you think he sat there and just went, all these people are going, oh, you can play this role, you can yeah. play this role. No. no, no. I have to be born on the same day. He's at it, and then that's
1: the only roles I play. But it's quite interesting because Dick Cheney um, is, well, this is Vice is the first film made about a vice president who doesn't then come on to become a president or anything like that. So mm. it's the first film, really, just about someone who was the vice president, and that was it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, that's that's an interesting narrative point with this film, really. So the film starts off in the early 70s with a, a young Dick Cheney, and it's still Christian Bale not only put on the weight and the look of for a specific age range within Dick Cheney's life. He actually... They've done this in a progressive way. So when he started putting on the weight, yeah. they went and filmed the scenes in his late 20s and stuff oh, like that. Okay. Uh, and Amy Adams plays his wife mm. in this and uh, basically... The film kind of goes in one direction in terms of it's a biopic, paint by numbers, a bit of comedy in it about this this guy who drops out of a public school, uh, goes and gets his own internship at the White House. And you can see he's... there's. There's kind of a good guy in there, which is kind of weird when you think about the subject matter later on. <laughs> and the pride this guy has about serving his country and then and then you know, it doesn't work out and he, he does his own company and all that sort of stuff. And then obviously some health scares. I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but you kind of think the film's going to end. In fact, they literally drop the credits that give you the illusion the film's about oh, right. to end. Then the phone rings and he goes to have his meeting about potentially becoming the vice president. And then the film kicks on again. So oh, it's that's really, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adam McKay is a fucking stylish guy with storytelling. Because Adam McKay's style is he really
1: likes actors to be able to feel like they can ad-lib as well. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing that I think... Uh, uh, shows about the professionalism of Christian Bale because he very much gets himself involved in the role so he yeah. learnt about all the policies from the different stages as yeah. well so the different years he knew he knew about every American policy that Dick Cheney was involved with, um, he learnt about all his mannerisms, his vernacular abbreviations so he really could fully engage the role and obviously like a lot of our method actors that we see today like he, he engaged that on screen and off screen as mm. well which is Pretty
0: what I love about Christian Bale is that he can never settle on his accent outside of work. <laughs> yeah. So like he either puts on his Bruce Wayne accent for a lot of the time, <laughs> and he admitted <laughs> he'd done this in the early stages of his career because for some reason in England in particular, mm. no one would hire him oh, wow. unless he put on an American accent. And it's only when he went over to America he actually sort of found himself because he was he was kind of known as the Brit in America sort of thing which is kind oh, of weird when you think yeah. about that same as Charlie Hannum right the guy he can only get Biker Grove over here he goes over to America and a star a one of the smash hit TV shows probably in the last decade with well, Sons of Anarchy. Biker Grove King. was pretty awesome well it was all, all preparation
1: Biker Grove
0: gonna go with the sons you know google it if you don't know what it is <laughs> yeah yeah sorry um but I love the fact that in, when he was doing these interviews, especially over the last, because he's won loads of um, awards specifically mm. for Vice, and he's put on his proper Cockney accent. So when he was upstage, he goes, oh, I just want to fight Adam, done a good job. I don't know why I went Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Australian Cockney. Yeah, go, Australian Cockney. He almost went Dick Van Dyke and it all. But um, anyway, back to the film. He, like I say, went balls deep in terms of the analysis and research to the point that it actually saved Adam McKay's life. Yes, and it him, yeah, Adam McKay uh, was having symptoms of a heart attack by watching Christian Bale and recognised the symptoms within himself, went to an A&E, got checked out, was actually having a minor heart attack and got treated for that. Um, anyway, so the film, like I say, starts in the early stages, kind of at the midway point is when he gets on the ticket with old George W. And uh, the cast is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Steve Rockwell, you've got, um, Steve, sorry, you've got Sam Rockwell, Steve Carell, Amy Adams, mm. just name but a few in this. Um, but, Here's where a lot of people got a problem in this film. The kind of third the final third of this film, I'm not going to spoiler territories, but it switches from being a biopic that's a comedy to an angry political film. Now Adam oh. McKay has joined the dots from how this new entry into the White House about how power has changed hands uh, for those of you who don't know, and I I'm, forgive my ignorance, on this, I didn't know anything about Dick Cheney really other than he was just an ugly looking fucker until, um, until I watched this film uh, basically Dick Cheney was, uh, although a no stranger to the White House uh, obviously he was White House Chief of Staff at one point, he was uh, an intern there but he's also been an advisor with his professional endeavours um, he was asked to, to come onto the ticket to be a vice president candidate and he wasn't interested. You know, It's a famous scene you'll hear in the traders when it's just like, eh, I don't want to do it, it's, 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 it's a nothing job. But if I could take some of the more boring duties away from the president, that'll make it an interesting role for me and I'll be interested in doing it. So. And that's what happened. He'd become the most influential vice president in the history of America. Never, as Jamie mentioned at the start of this, this review, sitting in the chair. Mm. And he'd done that by pulling away at little things, becoming in charge of the military, becoming in charge of, of energy, in charge of home policy. he become, oh, wow. he become the kingmaker. And House of cards. It was very house of cards. <laughs> and the way this film sets up the narrative, it's basically like he's kind of a nice guy, To begin with, he's a great dad, great husband, Mm. but he kind of sells his soul for power and he's okay with that because of how much he gets in return and he's completely comfortable with this. And Adam McKay believes that this is kind of what led into the Bush administration being the way it was, what then led into a world where we eventually end up with Donald Trump as the president. And I can see this becoming a narrative point which he'll keep pulling on and he might Mm. do subsequent films carrying on this, this narrative.
1: So I imagine there's a, quite a bit of anger, because obviously with Bush and Cheney being Republicans, mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of Republican supporters would go, watch this film, being like very much, oh, it's a story about, you know, the Bush administration. It's about us. And Cheney. Are We're there, kicking ass. Really. Uh, and then suddenly at the end, it's turned into a very sort of deep political message about Trump, which is a very decisive topic at the moment in America. Yeah, so very poignant. Imma- so I can imagine that you know if you're if you're there watching it as a republican supporter or someone very pro trump and suddenly that message comes on screen you know that that or the, the story develops in that way you could be very yeah yeah hostile towards
0: it Adam McKay even acknowledges that this is a gut punch the the ending so he does a post he does a mid-credit scene which is just pure comedy like you go and you leave with a smile on your face and everything else so if you're watching and you haven't seen this yet you know stick around for the credits there is a a mid-credit scene which is absolutely hilarious apparently there was a big musical number Yes, yeah, so as they, well. Yeah, they dropped it, didn't they? Yeah, like, they dropped yeah. it. It just didn't have the tone in the film with test screenings. Hopefully um, that comes out in the uh, DVD. Release. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, should yeah. do. There's even like a weird Shakespeare... Like I said before, Adam McKay is a stylish okay. director. Even when you look at the films that you wouldn't necessarily look for style, there is style yeah. in there. Even in Anchorman, there'll yeah. be stylish scenes that are filmed yeah. in a way which, yeah, okay, you're just laughing your ass off, but actually the way he uses a story narrative, yeah. it's beautiful. And there's even a Shakespearean Esque scene where the dialogue slightly changes. Now, look, Christian Bale is definitely the heart and soul of this film. He pulls it off incredibly. He look obviously looks the part. He sounds the part. He engulfs the role. And I, uh, I can keep. I can imagine, especially for our American audiences, that there's probably a bit of emotion behind this in general, yeah. right? I mean, you know, so many things happened over that period of time. Are,
1: uh, it's- quite a, a personal thing at the moment in america isn't it yeah but definitely hold it very dear and it's a very decisive thing yeah. so yeah so yeah
0: yeah it's like yeah. and i'm not comparing like for like so please don't think i am but what i, I feel about it's like let's say in five years time ten years time mm. someone makes a comedy about brexit i don't know how i'm going to feel about that <laughs> because i'm i'm really against brexit and yeah. uh, i think even maybe in 10 years time i might be a bit like mm, i, I yeah, I, I don't want to talk about it, sort of thing. While
1: we're scrambling around looking for food, yeah, yeah, exactly. bonfires
0: on the fields. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I can imagine it. there's probably a a proportion yeah. of the movie-going audience, so like, yeah, I, I I really stand against a this lot not of the what things still, that happened. In, this is not
1: what I paid for. This is not what I was expecting. Sort of thing.
0: Yeah, so so from that, but I from a film perspective, yeah, I think it's brilliant. I think Adam McKay is an amazing storyteller. Did you know Adam McKay uh, had a cameo in this one? He has a cameo in all his films. What is his cameo in this? Do you you know, know he had his heart attack?
1: Yeah. Um, and there's the bit where uh, Chaney's having his stent put in. Yep. That's Adam McKay.
0: Doing that's, th- that's his oh.
1: actual stent being put into yeah. his heart.
0: Yeah, and that's actually... Oh, that the that's footage is from him. Actual medical footage...
1: Which That's is incredible. The, in
0: the film, that is incredible. Is that cool? I thought you were going to go. Christian Bauer actually went and had surgery so, done, and Adam McKay was well, there. He probably would. <laughs> yeah, he probably would <laughs> wouldn't he? Um, so yeah, I don't want to go too much more no. into the story points. Obviously, if you no. just read his Wikipedia page, you'll probably learn a lot about what's yeah. going to happen in this. But although I've got one last really cool fact, I'll oh, go on and hit
1: man. me with it. Um, so you talked about obviously um, Anchorman, and yep. Obviously Adam McKay's role in that. So the Legend of Ron Burgundy, in two thousand four. Mm. Steve Carell at the end you know he goes and it sh- shows um, you know a little bit about what they do next yeah and it says that he goes off and works for the Bush administration
0: oh my god which he does in this film oh mind my mind blown fucking god <laughs> you're just broken every Every stem in my is, brain. Isn't that
1: great though? That's S- a great Such mimic. good
0: foreshadowing. Isn't it? It's you know what? People said The Simpsons predicted Trump. Yeah. Well, fucking Anchorman <laughs> predicted Steve Carell.
1: Yeah. It's great. I just thought that was a really nice little. I don't know if it was intentional or what, well, but, yeah, but the you, link is brilliant.
0: Yeah, you can always tell there's kind of a political thing to Adam mm-hmm. McKay, right? In terms of everything he, he dives into. And it's just, I think he's really gone for it in this one. And um, I think he's probably one of the most under the rated directors going at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I honestly believe that. I think if you haven't seen The Big Short, go see it. It is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done in such a cool, dynamic way. But for whatever reason, it did not resonate with audiences. Maybe because the topic of of the housing market in 2008 is probably not the thing to get your get bums in seats yeah. in cinemas. Yeah. But um, that being said, very, very well done. This carries on that tradition and there's rumours that Adam McKay is being uh, eyed up for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, to replace James Gunn okay. and I was in like oh no James Gunn's the man like I'm always loyal to my boy Gunn yeah. but if Adam McKay gets that gig like Marvel will be fucking lucky to have him like yeah. he is a very good storyteller Definitely. so I'm going four out of five um, wow yeah I, I really enjoyed it it's possibly a film of the year contender um, already mm-hmm. and I just wish it came out a bit earlier so that more people could see it and then we haven't got so much of a backlash for the the Oscar nominations. Uh, Yeah, Bale deserves his nomination. I think Adam McKay deserves a lot more plaudits than he's probably gonna get for this, but four out of five, Vice. We can make this work. (laughs) Goddamn. So news over the last week, it's been a load of stuff dropping, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, of Oscar nominations and all that happening, lots mm-hmm. of things have come out. Especially Mr. Rami Malek, um, he has been speaking out about yeah. Brian Singer in particular. Now, I personally, you know, for the record, we we highly rate Bohemian Rhapsody on this podcast. We really enjoyed it. Does not mean we really like Brian Singer. In fact, uh, we we don't think his name should be on the poster. The guy dropped out the film halfway through mm. production the guy still got jobs like he's still got things in the pipeline
1: i don't understand why this seems to be so embedded in 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 the film culture that you know there's so many directors and actors out there where there are you know, these sorts of um allegations and and stuff is coming out it's it's, it's just it's just bizarre i think because i think you know the rest of us in our everyday lives and our everyday jobs hmm. don't have that many people that have Sex with underage people, or, or you know, or, 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 or molest people. Like it's just, I think it seems bizarre to us because we don't experience this on a daily
0: basis. I find it very peculiar that certain people seem to be immune from these allegations, mm. right? So Brian Singer is one of them. He, for those of you who don't know, he's had multiple allegations of now uh, they are allegations yeah. at this point and there's not there's nothing yeah you know, he's obviously being trialed in the court of public opinion at the moment but he hasn't seen a courtroom yet of being inappropriate with minors let's just, yeah. let's just say it's yeah. that and a lot of these victims have come and spoken out about this and Brian Singer has somehow managed to deflect a lot of this um, he still has a lot of things in the pipeline uh, Red Sonia, which I know rings a lot of bells for people as uh, a comic book as well as I think a uh, graphic novel I think, I think it's
1: already it been a film I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was like, oh, one, right. one of his first yeah. films isn't
0: it? yeah yeah, yeah. sorry you're, you are right and uh, that's being remade at the moment with Brian Singer at the Hel- of that. The guy who literally walks out of productions and he done that on Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: But it's like you said, it's a court of public opinion. So at the moment people are making assumptions whether they be right or wrong but as a result those people may not go watch his films because of that. As a producer can you afford to have a director which is so divisive in public opinion?
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think there's... Oh. I,
1: Obviously, he's innocent till proven guilty, and that's the difficulty, isn't it? That's that's the. But when you've got four people coming out and saying,
0: "Yeah, yeah," saying. I I I agree. I think uh, they need to get to the crux of the matter and either vindicate or, or punish, really. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Rami Malek has come out and spoken about these these accusations and he has basically said, look, I stand with the victims yeah. on this. Um, I, it's a terrible thing. I can't imagine to believe... Well, I can't imagine, sorry, to understand what, what they've been going through. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a horrible thing. And yeah. I think... Um, He's not, and a lot of people are saying, oh, you're only doing this because you want to make sure that you're on safe put- footing for your own Oscar nomination. Look, the guy's won Golden Globes already. He's yeah. probably going to win the BAFTA next week. Yeah. He doesn't need to do anything for his character. He has come out and said this, you know, because he just generally believes this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think fair play for doing that. Um and yeah, yeah Brian Singer can rot in hell in my opinion yeah. anyway let's move away from. let's talk about let's talk about good stuff get, so, get away
1: from less political stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too talk, much politics yeah, yeah exactly
0: um, yeah, especially advice at the beginning yeah oh, yeah <laughs> uh, so Hobson Shaw. Now, this is known as the oh. film that broke up the, the Fast and Furious family. This is the spin-off movie with Jason Statham and Dwayne Johnson. The first trailer dropped for this. And Idris Elba. And Idris Elba. Oh, like, man. What, what a collection of stars. Yeah, that looks fucking awesome. But basically, the only thing I got, got from this is... This ain't really about cars anymore, is it? No.
1: <laughs> and do you know what? That's re-engaged me.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I lost
1: the plot after three, maybe four, possibly, and I, I didn't bother watching
0: any more of the Fast and right. Furious after. So, that. do you remember when Tokyo Drift came out? Yes. I was working at Cineworld. Yeah. Right. It's a cinema chain in the UK, and what? For some reason, I, I was a I was an usher, and my every time I had a shift would be when it'll be the cycle of that. Now what they'll do at this Cineworld is they went for a period of instead of having a film on all day, they trialed having a film on for a period of time throughout the day. So between the hours of two and six, every screen would be that film. Oh right. Wow. That and sounds that, like a terrible idea. It was a terrible <laughs> idea. They were trying to they were trying different stuff. They thought Tokyo Drift was going to be a massive success. And it, it kind of was, but it wasn't, you yeah. know, warrant of all those screens. Anyway, so it basically meant for about two weeks, during my shift, all I saw was Tokyo Drift. And in, segment. in segments. In segments. <laughs> and that goddamn soundtrack. But anyway, that's uh, enough of memory lane. Um, yeah, so basically what it's suggesting is that Idris Albert is somehow... Enhanced. Yeah, it has a
1: sort of enhanced suit from what I could tell from the trailer.
0: Yeah, and um, uh, for some reason, Hobbs and Shaw need to unite to come together to bring him down. And it looks like they're just that typical partnership of, you know, they're working together. They but really
1: they do, hate each other. They really like each other, yeah. but outwardly they hate each other and they're sparring back and forth. I love, it
0: looks hilarious. It does, but not everyone seems to have forgotten that Jason Statham's character, he killed, like... Many members of the Fast and Furious gang in oh, cold yeah. blood. He was oh, yeah. the bad guy. Yeah, right? yeah. And they've gone, you know what? Fuck yeah. it. We like him. Yeah. We like you now. He's a lovable rogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah. the action is to, I mean, The Rock jumps out of a building, grabs another guy who is falling down. Oh, yeah, I see it. And uses him to shoot another guy. Yeah. And swings into an elevator of which Jason Statham is just watching us all unveil. And Andre Johnson
1: looks at Statham in the eye and says,
0: fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, even, they even try and pull on the whole 80s nostalgia buddy cop thing by playing Why Can't We Be Friends
1: yeah. over I, it. I'm not going to lie to you, mate. Everything you've just described there makes it sound fucking epic so I don't understand why we wouldn't go watch it
0: yeah I've, I've they've got my money let's face it um, take my money yeah. stop talking just take my money <laughs> Tony's already got our money Netflix um, oh, yeah. Big Mouth we reviewed a while back <laughs> I mean absolute refresher breath, breath the only thing I'll say about season 2 yeah. is you know when a TV show like hits the nail on the head of a character yeah. and you fucking love that character everything they say is just hilarious yeah. And it doesn't even matter. And it's not just comedy. like Walking Coach Dead. Steve. <laughs> yeah, like Walking Dead done it with Negan, right? Yeah. They kind of overused it. They killed it. I mean, Brooklyn Nine-Nine kind of overused yeah. uh, Chelsea perennial whatever her name is, uh, yeah. a bit too much. And I felt with season two of Big Mouth, it's just Coach Steve. Absolutely yeah. hilarious, but like, yeah.
1: I think you know, that was the last podcast I was on, actually, when we talked about Big
0: Mouth too. What, well, when you made thick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think we said the same thing. So yeah, yeah anyway, uh, uh Big Mouth is coming back for a special Valentine's Day uh episode which will be coming out on the 8th. Mm. Uh, called Valentines. Ah, uh, oh, what they done that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah that's a, I'm sure that's going to be a planet. But yeah. hey, look, the trailer dropped. It looks fucking hilarious. We quickly watched it before we yeah. started recording. And uh, yeah, coach, to lots of Coach Steve <laughs> again. And it was only a matter of time in terms of uh, casting announcements that the David Bowie biopic, we knew that was in the works for a little yeah. while. A gentleman called Johnny Flynn has been cast as the lead. Now, a lot of people up in arms about this because the guy kind of doesn't really look like him. Uh, we don't know if the guy's got the chops for it yet. Uh, he is a
1: musician, though, isn't he, Johnny Flynn? Yes, but um, but still not a like, big name, is he? He's done a lot of Channel Four like comedies
0: and dramas. Eight. But I'm I'm indifferent until I've seen seen some footage at uh, least.
1: Have you heard about David Bowie's son? Though came out the other day and said they are not going to use any of David Bowie's songs. that He does not give him permission to use any of his songs in the film. That's going to be shit then. That's kind of the direction I'm going in. It's like I don't understand why you would even start production on this film without getting permission from the family to use the song.
0: You need to use the music,
1: like. I and mean, it, it feels like we're on this sort of like bandwagon at the moment because I know we're going to talk about something else in a bit as well, where we were making a lot of these films about artists and so on. But if you haven't got the music, let's be honest, people love Bowie because he was a, yeah because he was a character and 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 yeah, but
0: it's, it's the two. It's, it's the, the music. Co- yeah, exactly. There's two sides of the coin, yeah. right? There's the person and then the. The thing that that produ- that person produced, and yeah. the best performances, yeah. and yeah, and I'm not going to keep talking about by bow rap, bow rap because uh, that's been beaten up enough. Yeah. Uh, but you got to say the musical performance in this they coincided with the persona that uh, Rami Malek does. It, it's actually yeah. spellbinding, and yeah. you can see in Rocket Man that is coming out very soon. You can see that's they've it. really gone in with the music as well. You yeah. can't, you can't do it. It's just on the person. It's got to be around the music. Uh, yeah. They're
1: all interesting characters, without a doubt. You know, like yeah. you know, Freddie Mercury, David Bowie. <laughs> you know, they're all really interesting characters who changed the way people looked at society as well. Yeah, they had a massive influence, but the music played a massive part in that. And to not have that in the film. For me,
0: it's a no-go. I think that's why they called it Stardust because they're like, there is a th- kind of theme of like taking an iconic song from that mm. person and utilizing that. I think everyone was expecting this to be called Starman. I think yeah. everyone was like, oh, Starman. Everyone knows it's going to be called that, or, or maybe maybe Life on Mars. Yeah. But then they had that TV mm. show. But
1: will they allow him to use? I don't even know if the Barry family will allow them to use his characters. You know, it's like Ziggy
0: Stardust. Yeah. Are they even allowed to say that? Yeah. So maybe it
1: would just be a film about someone who becomes a music star. Do
0: you think this is one of those smaller budget films, right? Like, you know, like a Channel 4 movie or a yeah. BBC film, which there's nothing wrong with them. And uh, it's basically just picked up a load of notoriety because it's David Bowie. Like, it was never meant maybe. to be That's a big thing. Big
1: maybe. Thing. I think we'll have to keep tabs on that and watch it as it goes over the next few months, but. Be honest, I'm not excited.
0: No, I, I I'm a massive Bowie fan, mm. uh, but I, I kind of like unless you can get it right, I don't want to see it. Yeah, exactly. right. Like um, I absolutely love, and if you do get a chance, six, I'm sure i will be doing around rounds again. Uh, Lazarus, the David Bowie musical, absolutely fantastic. Michael C. Hall was actually doing the lead in it. He's he he's if you have a chance, go on YouTube. Type in Michael C. Hall sings David Bowie. He fucking does it so well. Mm. He might not look the part, but at least he fucking sounds it. And um, anyway, let's let's move on to more casting news. So, uh, Ben Affleck uh, was the Batman. Mm. He is no longer the Batman. Yeah. Um, so. I mean where to, where to pull this apart so we kind of knew this was happening he checked himself in the rehab multiple times yeah. Justice League didn't fare too well and uh, yeah it's it kept being pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and now they've finally given it a release date of 2021 now Ben Affleck actually wrote the story to this, this movie and they're going to be using it but they're looking awesome. for a younger, a younger Batman with uh, Matt Reeves directing at the helm. So, what, is it like a prequel? Is it? or? It's going to be like a. Not an origin story, but it's going to be like a. Early days. Early days Batman. Okay. I feel there like are the s- sequence is getting a bit. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, they're it's, trying to go down standalone movies now because right. they realise that they've fucked it, <laughs> basically. it's It's been.
1: Overdone a little bit, hasn't it? I mean.
0: Like, it all, I, I like a lot of the
1: films, don't yeah, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they're not good films, just it feels like. Yeah, we've done the Batman for a while now. How about we leave it for a little bit and maybe focus on another character or something?
0: Yeah, potentially. And they're trying that at the moment. So they got the Shazam movie coming out. I mean, Aquaman that done over a billion dollars. Yeah. That made more money than like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, um, no. not in a bad way. It's just just sort of saying. I wonder, here,
1: I wonder if it's mainly because there was a, a, a quite interesting actor who was topless for a lot of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) Jamie how do you feel about Aquaman hmm there was an interesting actor who was topless for a lot of it I love that guy anyway yeah Jason Momoa
1: yeah uh, and that's from my Stargate Atlantis days he was brilliant was he in that oh yeah he was like the main sort of like alien guy that they first met and he he's always like, like a water link to him has not uh, he Oh yeah he's, he he is oh yeah because obviously they go through this massive puddle every every episode but yeah he, <laughs> it's a
0: big puddle bloody love star <laughs> great 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 series but uh have you so if you were casting Batman I might be asking the wrong person this but Me. you you you'd be Me. Batman you'd do a good job would you Batman
1: uh i don't know that's a, that's a really hard question about having thought i'll put a poll
0: up on the twitter
1: account yeah, after who do and... you think him
0: Ah, oh, I'd like to see John Hamm play the role. I think he'll be fucking brilliant, uh, but he's too old for yeah. what they're looking for. Um
1: do you know what I'd really like? Just because it'd make the internet explode. Idris Elba as
0: Batman. <laughs> but he's like <laughs> they're going old, like I seem oh, older. But they need younger, don't they? Yeah, younger. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but it. that would make the internet explode. It would do. A lot of, pe- <laughs> a lot of people want in Michael B. Jordan. Um, oh, okay. I think he is a great actor, uh, but I, I. Know, he'd probably make a good Bruce Wayne. Uh, but, and fuck it, he probably would be quite good. But I don't initially think that straight away when they say, pick a Batman.
1: Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You need someone who's got that suaveness. Because that's, that's the problem with Batmans over the years, isn't it? They've either been a very good Batman or a very good Bruce Wayne. Yeah, To find someone who's good at both is a... I
0: think go really left field then and go with oh, I think his name's Henry Golden, the guy who's in Crazy Rich Asians go for a fucking Asian actor yeah go for it man like the Does guy's, it
1: actually matter yeah like, yeah
0: exactly <laughs> the guy is suave as fuck he's yeah. generally hilarious but you don't need to be hilarious as Batman but you think he could if you can pull off timing of comedy you could yeah. probably pull off timing of drama Yeah, and uh, I think that would be an interesting shout anyway another interesting uh, shout while we're speaking about uh, Batman movies Zach Schneider obviously the guy who directed Justice League and everything else his uh, first film since Justice League has been announced which is going to be he's going back to zombie films yeah yeah
1: since his Dawn of the Dead remake I fucking love that um, Dawn of the Dead remake that was talking about 2000, we talked about 2000 that was 2004 as well yeah, yeah. so we've talked about Legend of Rob Burgundy so you had
0: what a year.
1: Yeah, what a year for film.
0: I know. I want to go back to 2004. What so a simpler time. Simpler time. Isn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Army of the Dead is what it's yeah. going to be called. And Netflix have picked it up as an original. That's right. Yeah. Which uh, looks absolutely, you know, match made in heaven. He's going to have Netflix money. It's yeah. action liner, so he can do whatever the fuck he wants.
1: I- I'm still, obviously I've done a bit of reading about it. The story still sounds a bit bizarre because it's a... It's like a heist movie, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like there's a zombie outbreak. Right. And during that time... A team decides to heist Las Vegas
0: because money's going to be worth so much. So much, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: And yeah. well, they, they apparently to have a big supply of fire, <laughs> fire starting material? Like, uh, I've got me a little bit means thinking, all right, guys, team, a little bit short term here. What about what about the long game? What's the long game here? Uh, but um, interesting. Let's, hey, look. It's remake,
0: Schneider, so it should be good. Yeah, his remake of Dawn of the Dead. I, I for my money is one of the best zombie films ever. I really enjoyed that. I mean, the starting sequence in that film
1: was incredible, creeping,
0: terrifying. That's Johnny Cash playing right? "When the Man yeah. Comes yeah. Around." Yeah, yeah, his yeah.
1: Mother escaping her husband and daughter that have turned into. It's, I mean, that scene when the girls down the corridor.
0: Oh my uh, god! And yeah, that yeah. is. Epic, well, yeah, he'll do a great job. Yeah, yeah and when yeah. they go, oh, we're going to escape the mall, and we're going to yeah. turn this school truck into a yeah. death mobile. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. love it. I'm going to go watch uh, that now. Anyway, no. so uh, just to, to finish off news, uh, Peter Jackson, uh, he actually, you remember, I don't know if you saw it, he done it was on BBC Two last night. Actually, he done a documentary of the World taking War one, yes, yeah, and restoring the colour to that.
1: Yeah, they showed that originally at the British Museum. It was. An incredible piece of work. The colour that he managed to capture—they'll
0: never grow old.
1: That's it. Go, yeah, never yeah, that was it. Old.
0: So anyway, he's 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 obviously got a bit of a a talent mm. for for filmmaking. Who would have thought those yeah. Lord of the Rings movies would yeah. uh, would uh, show how good he is? And um, <laughs> so he's 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 going to do another documentary. He's going to do a Beatles documentary, mm. and it's going to be based on fifty-five hours of unseen footage from yeah. Hard Day's Night, the live tour thing That's they recorded. Right, yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm. He's obviously got a passion for yeah. documentaries. Yeah, he, it, when you're Peter Jackson, you can go make whatever you want. And he mm. has chosen to do this. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting. And uh, I've seen... I watched a bit of uh, They'll Never Grow Old. And I'm not too much of a war guy, to be honest. Uh, but I couldn't help be captivated by the way he tells a narrative for a documentary. Yeah, the
1: cinematography for it was superb. And I think he's, he's jumping on it at the right time because of all these music films that are coming out but the fact he's going down the route of documentary I think Mm. will separate him and it would really appeal to quite a few people. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I will check it out.
0: Nice. So anyway, just to finish off news, Escape from New York, classic, classic movie. Kurt Russell is... Generally, an icon in that film, yeah. in those films, I should say. Um, John Carpenter was the director. Yes, yeah, legendary guy. Yeah. And uh, basically, they're going to remake it. Escape yeah. from New York is being remade. A, a gentleman called Lee Wannell is, uh, <laughs> uh, is going to be—it's going to be penning the script for this. I am really excited. They're obviously going to be recasting.
1: Yeah. But John Carpenter is going to still be the executive producer. Oh,
0: really? Ah,
1: yeah. Oh. yeah. So he should still have that aspect. And, and Lee's come out and said that he is really keen not to fall into the same follies as other. 80s remakes, and I can't think of what you might be thinking of. Total Recall. <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that. Oh, it wasn't that bad, but um yeah, yeah oh, Escape from New York, I think holds dear to a lot of people's hearts. So yeah. they've got to really make sure that they're they're not uh, messing this one up. Yeah, and um, I kind of I think they should de-age Kurt Russell and put oh, him back in it. Innit? It'd be awesome. I mean, it's a bit of a
1: cold classic, though, isn't it? Really, the ah, beautiful um, Escape from LA and Escape from New York. I don't know how many people are that aware of of of, of it.
0: Mm. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go see the original. Yeah, agreed. classic. So anyway, that's your news for this week. Streaming gems. All these models like in the Bahamas, the most insane festival the world has ever seen. Island Getaway turned disaster. It became very barbaric. Right now you are the fucking laughing staff. we're going to do two streaming gems for you this week Uh, first one actually wasn't really intended to be a streaming gem but I started watching it and then I started talking to to Jamie about it it turns out all our friends are watching this at the same time and it was just absolutely fascinating so Fire the party that never happened (laughs) is basically a documentary film uh, was originally made by Hulu and then Netflix acquired the rights to it as well for UK distribution Um, and also I think Vice paid a lot of money towards this as well she keeps saying Vice journalists pop yeah. up in it and also they've been working on collaborations in the past that um Andy Cuffman documentary mm-hmm. that was funded by Vice working oh, with right. them so obviously they've got a flair for for good video online content obviously so um it's a good combination and basically this is a documentary film that follows the events uh, prior and post yeah. the Fire Festival <laughs> and uh, it is just you know when like Something is just so unbelievable, it's actually true. Like, you can never make a film like this because no. it would just be so unbelievable. No, it was just incredible, really.
1: And, like, you had so many people, like, I, I couldn't recommend watching it highly enough, but um, you had so many people that were very good at their jobs.
0: Yeah, they knew what Experts. to do. Experts, yes.
1: Yeah. who could have made it work. But there was a bit of overconfidence, cockiness, arrogance, naivete, as naivete. They would say. Yeah, uh, of, of some of them um, that led to this this happening. It's yeah. Like, I, this isn't something I normally watch personally. No. I, I, this wouldn't have attracted me. It was only you saying, Oh, I'm watching this fire thing. I was like, Oh, check it out. And I was like, captivated from start to finish. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is this a thing?
0: <laughs> so basically, for those who haven't seen it, so in two thousand and sixteen, a startup company called Fire, uh, with a gentleman called Billy, can't remember the dude's yeah, surname, yeah, Billy, I mean. Billy Asshole, let's call him <laughs> now, uh, started building a company of the rapper Jarrell And basically the concept was that they wanted to build the... Do you remember back in 2015, there was basically all these different technology companies popping up and they were calling themselves the Uber of something. Ah, oh, this is the Uber of food delivery. Ah, oh, this is the Uber of watches. This is the Uber of having your garbage picked up, whatever. You know, a lot of these companies failed. But anyway, um, this company, the idea of it was to be the Uber of booking Uh, music artists and the idea of this was that high-end artists would be available on a website that you could have exclusive access to and you could pay a fee to hire them for personal private functions Mm. and as a PR event as part of the launch of this product so this product was they hired an agency to help promote it but they had a technology team they hired people for this, Billy Arsehole has uh, a lot of money already because he had other endeavours which were very successful. Mm. So he had goodwill in the community of fundraising and yeah. things like that. So he had the backing from a lot of people to carry on with this. Mm. And yeah, as part... big
1: bucks, big people with lots of money willing to work with him because they believed in him.
0: Yeah, a lot of people believed him, exactly. Yeah. And he was only 27 at the time. Yeah. Fucking hell, you know, fair play to, you, to an extent anyway up until you find out what he's actually capable of. Yeah. And um, essentially, he... to throw a big pr event and this big pr event will be a music festival on pablo escobar's island and uh, i don't want to ruin the documentary uh, but surface to say that they were weighing over their head yeah it does not end well this becomes global news and and this is how old i felt because there's a stage where they got a bunch of what they call social media influencers to to basically talk about the event and I don't I didn't see any of that when that happened in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean do you I suppose we're not the the crowd they're aiming for. No, but...
1: no. I mean back then we wouldn't have had the money to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, yeah, well yeah we still don't. Still but, don't but... Um
1: but do you think he the one thing I kept flipping on during during the documentary was whether or not his intention was to deceive or did he just get himself in a hole that he just kept trying to dig his way out.
0: I think of. it's that, and I think I think
1: he's got caught in a spiral because there's one bit in the documentary about ruining it where um, they say when he realises it's all gone tits up, and he and he's crying on the phone. And they said that he's a guy who always was bright side of life. We can do this, guys, Come on support. Positivity, together. positivity, yeah. and then he realised, shit, it's over. I've balls this up like we've got no way of coming back, and because it got to a point anyway, he had so much money invested that they had to have the festival happen to be able to try and make some of that money back.
0: Yeah, uh, and obviously it's you know it's a, for those who aren't aware, it ends up being a complete disaster, and there's a massive, massive ramifications as a result of all this afterwards. And um, so here's the thing, and this is why I I don't like reviewing documentaries on the podcast for two reasons. One, and um, I struggle to separate myself between the narrative of the documentary and the documentary itself. So oh, yeah. as a documentary, was I informed? was I uh, did I know exactly why why this this bizar- why this deserved to be a film? Mm-hmm. Uh, and was it clear to to me and other people? on that basis, yes, it's absolutely yeah. clear what happened. It educated me from A to B. And uh, I was entertained throughout now, that being said, the story makes it so fucking unbelievable that you can't help <laughs> yeah. but go, "This is insane, you must watch it." yeah, yeah,
1: and I think and, and I think that's it. I mean, I can't remember the last time in our group chat we've all spoken about a documentary, but every single one of us watched it because you know we're talking about five or six folks from different areas of life in at different stages of their life, different interests all finding this documentary. Unbelievably fascinating because it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah. Like. So, yes, okay, the narrative of what actually happens makes it watchable anyway, mm. but they. That, that level of polish that Netflix does on document, that they are good at documentaries like Icarus watch that as a great example uh, obviously um, the Andy Cuffman show, uh, show the Andy Cuffman documentary is fantastic as well when they do it right it's incredible and this just again goes with that it's modern storytelling in a documentary format mm. you know and you can tell that it's encapsulating the world at the moment and uh, it's it's probably going to be make more money than that festival ever did, <laughs> uh, yeah. Without a
1: doubt, it's um, yeah, be interesting to see what happens when this bitty guy eventually. I don't think we've given anything away because people read the news, yeah, yeah, he went to prison, yeah. Uh, when he eventually gets out, I, I, I feel like he's the sort of guy that will get himself into trouble again,
0: yeah. He's definitely that kind of guy. Yeah. I can't help but feel like in like 15 years' time, mm. there's going to be like a catch me if you can movie yeah. adaptation of him like it'll be Scorsese produced (laughs) and it'll just be incredible
1: I mean it could be interesting though because I I mean there was one big balls that they did which meant they got kicked off of Pablo Escobar's island yeah that hadn't have happened I mean they wouldn't have had the infrastructure of electricity water whatever but it might have been more what people would expect him and I wonder if that hadn't happened and they hadn't lost that time you know it's one of those things where when it goes wrong you're a massive villain but with the people he had around him, could he have made it work?
0: Uh maybe. That's a interesting mm. interesting debate on that. But I I just generally thought the guy was very naive. Yeah. But he's he... young, twenty seven. You
1: know, yeah. you know at twenty seven?
0: Well <laughs> I could I can't do anything like that now let alone (laughs) 27 which wasn't that long ago Jamie we're not that old but um, anyway in terms of the documentary it's absolutely fantastic it's absolutely captivating you watch it from start to finish it's not that long it's like 90 minutes but so much happens I'm going 5 out of 5 it's definitely up
1: there I agree I think that's the first time I've ever given 5 but 5 out of 5
0: nice Io, uh, one of Saturn's moons, I do believe, as the, the astrophysics guy just <laughs> informs me. I'm honest, I haven't seen this film yet. Uh, I saw the trailer for it the other day and it looks interesting. Anthony Mackie mm-hmm. uh, is the lead in this. Uh, looks, like I say, incredible. Jamie, what's the premise of this film?
1: So, the premise is that the world is fucked.
0: As <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so many of these uh,
1: scarily possible futuristic versions of Earth are. The um, the Earth is basically becoming uninhabitable. The Earth the air has become ta- toxic, very alkaline, uh, and those who are left on Earth are having to move to higher altitudes where the air is clear uh, to be able to survive. And everybody else on the planet has relocated to a mining colony on Io. Um, right. And the idea is to harvest enough energy to be able to power their starships to go to uh, the nearest exoplanet we're aware of, Earth sized exoplanet. So, some good science, actual science in this. Right. Uh, Well, I say actual science, some good Wikipedia searching, um, (laughs) which is uh, Proxima uh, Centauri b, which is a, a planet which is about two light years from Earth. Um, and travelling at the best possible speed, you're talking about a couple of generations. uh, That's not part of the film, but (laughs) there'd be at least a couple of generations on on, on board uh, before they would arrive. But yes, this is about a a, a young female scientist whose father believed that actually we could adapt to surviving um, as, you know, all species can eventually adapt given time and slow exposure. You know, like, if you think about, like, some of the ancient stories of ancient times where people used to take poison bit by bit each day to uh, build up okay. a, an immunity. It's kind of that same sort of idea.
0: Yeah. Um, well, the the scientist, she's played by uh, Margaret Cully. Yes. and She's uh, superb.
1: She's good in this. She's very, very good in this. She's, um, she plays sort of like the, the isolated nerdy scientist quite well. Because, I mean, the first part of this film, there's not a lot of talking because... She's by herself.
0: It's, it's an isolation movie. It's it feels an, like that's going to be a slow burner. It. it is a bit. It's not one of those films.
1: <laughs> I you know. I, I think there's, there's different categories of films, but there's films that you can watch while doing stuff on your phone, or you know. Responding to emails or whatever,
0: uh, <laughs> you've been very careful. Yeah. Jamie was doing weird hand movements. You no, know, it's films that you can do, you know. And you're just
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. This is one of this those. Is one of those. <laughs> um, yeah, this is this is one of those films where you, you have to pay attention because because it's so much uh, done by motion and action and 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 physical movements. If you're not watching it, you miss, you miss out what's right. happening. Um, and basically, it's about this girl's decision whether to stay on Earth or, or to leave, and there's another male character that comes in to try and convince
0: her. And, and, and that's Anthony Mackie, basically. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, okay. um, but I, w- I wouldn't say he is, if I'm honest, the lead in it, because he's only in the film, but I would say for maybe 60% of the time. I fucking
0: hate it when films do that, because they yeah. they're plastered his face everywhere yeah. for this film. Anthony Mackie, I oh, know. Oh. He's they're, very good. The well, guy from the Marvel movies. Yeah. But it's also got um, Tom Payne in this as well. Jesus from yes, Walking Dead. That's right. Uh,
1: what role did he play? <laughs> I'm just trying to think who he was. There's only two characters in the entire Really?
0: Oh, am a bloody website they're talking about and this is from the official blurb from netflix oh what actually like?
1: I, I tell a lie there are lots of flashbacks as well so it's possible he was in the fr-
0: oh okay so I obviously can't. a memorable performance yeah I, I,
1: yeah <laughs> I know, and i know jesus because i love walking dead <laughs> i know jesus <laughs> i know jesus personally uh it is sunday after all uh no sorry i should mention the day on when we're filming podcast
0: I? Um, you're breaking the fourth um, wall I'm, here i've broken the fourth yeah. wall yeah. Shit.
1: um but yeah, I, I would say it's definitely worth watching. I mean, Netflix, is this, this is a Netflix original. Yeah, film, it's a Netflix it? original. Um, it, Netflix is obviously very hit and miss when it comes to some of its original films, as yeah. opposed to TV series. But I think this is a good one. I think it's it's got that feeling of Martian to it. Ah, um, uh, okay. Uh, and, you know, it, it, yeah, I think, you know, if you're into your sort of dystopian, near-future, um, sort of genres then, then you're very much going to enjoy this if you like seeing how humans survive in isolation and mm. and, and, and that sort of human struggle really
0: so you're saying that if you like someone sitting in a room mm. occasionally going outside yeah <laughs> basically my life yeah. uh,
1: I'll tell you what the ending of this film which I won't talk about but I will just say I think it's possibly one of the most Brilliant endings I've seen to a film for a long time.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Because it's unexpected. Yeah. All right. We'll give this sucker a score. Where's It sit? out of five. Uh, I would go four out of five. There you go. Four out of five. I O. Oh, let's go. We need to stay the night in the toxic zone. It's not possible. It's possible,
1: but it's farther than I've ever gone. Let's do this. They moved the launch site. We're stuck here.
0: Can make thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast if you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed making it please click on the like subscribe follow whatever button it is that you get more content from Talk Filming to Me also Jamie our web guy Coop contacted me the other day obviously talkfilmingtome.com is in the process of being put together at the moment will be launched over the month thank you for everyone that's so interested at the moment he's gone a lot of people have been accessing your website recently. Oh. And I was like, oh okay, so we're gonna put up a like a subscription thing. So I'll be able to email you to say, hey, the website's live. It also means that we can a give people a way to help oh, shape the product, maybe give them early access to some content and get some feedback. So if you if you visit talkfilmwithme.com, there'll be a little sign up thing put in your email address and consent GDPR and all that stuff and, uh, and yeah you'll be notified as soon as the website becomes available but I will be selecting people for A to test out our content and help shape the product so there you go that's a development for you I
1: like that I mean the fans are the most important thing aren't they so you have got to be part of this journey
0: right so Jamie speaking of finding journeys how can people find you
1: ah they can find me on Twitter at
0: MrHannonInSpace Hannon in space. next week we're going to be in a Studio, a proper studio. Ooh. Ooh. Well, Rather than my kitchen. Rather than your <laughs> kitchen. We'll also have a special guest as well who's going to be a guest host with us. Ooh. Ooh. I will announce that on Twitter later on in the week. Anyway, stay filmy till next time. We're down in the basement. We'll lock the cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.